Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. John Campbell's with us. He makes a living talking about odds. John Campbell, are you as stunned by what we saw in game in uh, in the fourth quarter last night between the Rockets and the Warriors as I am? Yeah, absolutely. And the Warriors come in winning 16 straight at home in the playoffs and they're uh, nine-point favorites coming into that game. So, yeah, definitely uh, a major surprise there and a huge swing in, in series odds there as well. Warriors were minus 950 to win the series going into it, and they're now just minus 190. So, huge move in odds. I think everyone's shocked by that one. Yeah, so what's going to happen here? What do you expect the or anticipate the Game 5 line to be? It may already be out. I haven't checked it yet this morning. Game 5 with the Warriors going on the road in Houston. What do you anticipate? Yeah, the, the odds are already out, and the Rockets are actually small favorites here. They're favored by one, and we're looking at the lowest total uh, after seeing a low-scoring game in Game 4. The total is 220.5, so that's the lowest over-under we've seen in this series so far. So how will you play Game 5? Well, I'm looking at the Warriors to come back. Uh, it's it, I like the adjustments D'Antoni made in this game as well. I, I'm probably going to look over again. I don't think we're going to see another lower-scoring game, but I'm going to look at the Warriors to come back. It, it seems like the Warriors can't put two tough games together, and they have a great game, and then they have a letdown, they have a great game, and the Rockets seem to be doing the same thing in the playoffs as well. So if the pattern holds, the Warriors might be an easy play here. All right, so what happens in Game 5 with the uh, with the Celtics, who have yet to lose at home, hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight? What do you see in this game? 
Celtics are one-point home dogs here with a total of 206 and really tough series here, of course, with with the Cavs coming back and, and all the momentum. I think the Celtics come back at home here and have a real tough defensive effort, and they and they win this one, uh, squeak one out, real close one. I think the totals have been real good in this series, so I'll probably stay away from that one. But I think the Celtics win game five, both home teams I'm looking at for game five. Okay, so uh, those are your predictions for Game 5. What about Game 7 tonight, Tampa Bay Lightning hosting the Washington Capitals in the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah, well, home teams win Game 7 in the NHL 59% of the time historically. So I always kind of start my handicapping looking at the home team. And the reason why I really like Tampa Bay here is because I really think they just have the better goaltending advantage. But Washington, I thought, had their best effort level of the series here. So if, if you, if you like underdogs, this might be a good one to take the underdog. But I'm going to go with Tampa Bay, the home team here, because of that goaltending edge uh, at home. That means Tampa will be at home against Las Vegas in the Stanley Cup Finals if they move on. Washington would not have home ice advantage. Are the Vegas Golden Knights advancing to the Stanley Cup Finals good or bad for the NHL? It's, I think it's amazing for the NHL. This is this is exactly the story they wanted. It's, I think some of the owners are unhappy. They, this isn't supposed to happen. They, they want a competitive team. They don't want a team that comes in and can win the cup in the first year. But I think this is an amazing story for the NHL on so many levels. I think this was always Gary Bettman's dream was to grow hockey in other markets and expand the game. And that's what's happened. You know yourself in Nashville. It's just an incredible story there as well. It's a great thing for the league. It's not such a great thing for the sports books, especially the Vegas sports books who've been getting killed on the nights all year and have some futures tickets out there at, at 200 to one up to 500 to one. Which is the better NHL series in your mind? You in Canada, we're talking to John Campbell at Odd Shark. Which do you think would be the more pleasing and enjoyable series for fans? Would it be Vegas against Tampa Bay or Vegas against the Capitals? I think Tampa is the better matchup. I think that will be the tougher series to the goalie. So I think that will be the more entertaining series if Tampa wins. Washington Washington will be fun, too. I like the Knights to win the series if they play Washington. I think it's more of a coin toss if they play Tampa Bay. Uh, Ovechkin, fans are going to see a great star in him if it is Washington if they're for the casual fans out there. But Tampa and the Knights match up much better. I think that could be a seven-game Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, there are bets out that are interesting, some prop bets out on Johnny Manziel. We haven't talked a ton about this, but he signed with the Hamilton Tiger Cats also in Canada. Uh, what jumps out to you about Johnny Manziel in the CFL? How much do you think he'll play? And I'm going to be honest with you, when does the CFL season even start? Like, when, <laughs> when would I be able to watch Johnny Manziel play another football game on television? The season always starts right around Canada Day up here, which is July 1st. Which, so by the way, I have no idea what Canada Day is either. So uh, <laughs> is that your Independence Day? Basically, yes. Yeah. It is. A few days. I have just been. A week, just a week and remember, we keep it close to Independence Day as well. So Yeah, uh, no, so I, I have been in Detroit with my wife's family, and I do know that I've seen a lot of fireworks going off across the river there. So, I, <laughs> okay, I understand then. So around July 1st, so this is going to happen pretty soon. Yeah, really soon here, which which isn't a lot of time to to get ready and and learn. It's a it's a new game. The CFL I call it CFL silly ball, and it's it's a different game. You have to appreciate it for what it is with three downs. So, 
I'm not sure that's going to be enough time for him to get comfortable with the offense. And he's not listed as the starter right now for the Hamilton Tiger Cats anyway. But the over-under on starts for him this year is seven and a half games. I think we might see that with it. I think we might see that one go over. Jeremiah Masoli uh, is the starter right now for Hamilton. And Hamilton wasn't very good last year. So uh, with Manziel, Manziel's getting a big whopping contract of $100,000 base salary here to start as well and lined up for 200 next year, which is kind of a big deal in the CFL. So I think fans will want to see him, especially if Hamilton's not doing well and they didn't do well last year. So I kind of like the over seven and a half uh, starts for him this year. And uh, I think it's exciting. I think it's good for the CFL. All right, where can we watch these games? I, I have a vague recollection that the CFL games are on television. Do you know where they're on in the States? I'm not sure. They used to be on one of the secondary ESPN channels every now and then, and uh, I'm not sure they pop up. Because I would uh, think through. there would be a lot of interest in the middle of the summer in people, myself included, wanting to watch Johnny Manziel play in a random July day where there's not a lot else going on. Yeah, I would think so, too. And the CFL is growing uh, a little bit in, in, in the States because I think a few more of these games are televised. And, yeah, I would think there's some interest there, and I think that's a big reason why they're signing him. Uh, Manziel has, has uh, like, seven times as many followers on Twitter as the CFL official account as well. So he can draw uh, a, a new audience potentially for the CFL. And when you can put a point spread on it, you can, you can bet on it, and that's fun, too. How much in Canada, you work at Odd Shark, are you guys paying attention to the Supreme Court decision to allow sports gambling in the United States? Yeah, well, we're paying attention for sure. It's, it's one of the biggest stories we've, we've ever seen in, in sports betting. And uh, kind of, I think we all knew this was coming, whether it was going to come through the Supreme Court or eventually through Congress. I think it's just inevitable. Sports betting is out there. So not a huge surprise here. Good stuff as always. Uh, by the way, we haven't we don't talk a lot about horse racing on this show, but Justify has won the first two legs of the Triple Crown. How much of a favorite is he going to be at Belmont, if at all? He's even money right now at Belmont, and you could take him to win the Triple Crown at plus one fifty uh, going into the Preakness. So those odds have come down a bit. Even money to win the Triple Crown, pretty pretty incredible story. All right, uh, there you go. A nice horse uh, in the background there. Okay, finals question for you. Um, what would the lines look like if the Warriors lose to the Rockets? How much of a favorite would the Rockets be? Because we've talked a lot about the Warriors, and we know they would have been a prohibitive favorite. How much of a favorite would the Rockets be either over the Cavs or the Celtics? Well, I think they'd be considerable favorites. Uh, right between minus 300 and minus 400 probably uh, against the Celtics, probably closer to minus 400, probably closer to minus 300, uh, or maybe a little bit less against the Cavs. Good stuff as always. John Campbell, you can follow him on Twitter at Johnny Oddshark. We'll talk to you next week and have some clarity on what's going to happen in the NBA by then. Thanks, Clay. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's go. Do we want to take these calls or do we want to go to Jeff Short? Jeff, was, did Jeff hear the audio? He's completely unbiased. All right, play both of these clips again for Jeff and tell me if I'm being contradictory in these statements. All right, Jeff, like before we play them, I have been straightforward that I have zero interest in watching uh, the Eastern Conference because I think whoever wins the Eastern Conference in the NBA is going to get obliterated by the Warriors. 
in the wake of last night's game, which I was wrong about, I thought the Warriors were going to win, I had to reconsider and I say, man, you know what? If, first of all, the Rockets win this series, I think the Eastern Conference champ, be it the Celtics or the Cavs, could be competitive. And as a result, I'm interested in watching Game 5 tonight and as well as Game 5 with the Warriors and uh, the uh, the Rockets. So that's the prelude. Here's the audio from this morning that they are saying that Danny G and Jason are saying that I'm contradicting myself. Contradicting myself. You're an impartial judge. Listen. So I'm going to tell you guys, I am thrilled and excited to watch Wednesday night, Game 5 in Boston and Thursday night, Game 5 in Houston. All right, Jeff. And then 15 minutes later, he said this. You called me crazy. You called Jason and I basically losers for called watching losers. the Celtics. <laughs> and you said, who cares about the I still, East? I still, oh, no, but I still no, feel you, about the East. But you said well, why you do can't you wait you to see it. You just said the last time you can't wait to see the game tonight, Clay. I'm going to watch game five tonight because there's nothing else going on. That's there, not how you know. Let's not pretend. Let's not pretend. Let's not pretend that a random Wednesday night in May, there are a ton of interesting games going on. Why are those contradictory, Jeff Schwartz? Well, the problem is you said you were thrilled to watch Game Five, which makes it seem like it's not basically like you're just watching it because of the time of year. Like if you were, yeah, but you thrilled, would, you know, like, just like mild, no, mild, I mean, you know, I'm just like looking forward to watching the game. But you like sounded like you were like I'm just like the enthusiasm in your voice made it seem like it's a little bit more than just a random Wednesday the night better, The game. better argument uh, here, if the Dingbats had adopted it, would be there's actually is a other option on television tonight, game and seven. that's Game 7 of the yeah. Stanley Cup uh, Eastern Conference uh, Championship race there. That's the better argument. If the Dingbats it, had come back and they had said, hey, there's actually a Game 7 in hockey, which are you going to pick? Game 5 of the Eastern Conference uh, Finals between Boston and uh, and the Cavs, uh, or, th- or Game 7, then I would have been like, okay, you got a little bit of an argument here. I-, I think that the win by the Rockets makes the Eastern Conference so much more interesting than it would be if the Warriors are up 3-1, which is what I anticipated. Now, I still think the Warriors are going to win this series, but I think the Warriors losing last night makes this series so much more interesting. I don't. That's, oh, that's my no, logic does. here. If people can't follow it, it like the Dingbats can. No, it does. No, it does because the Warriors. I thought they were going to blow out the the Rockets last night, especially after that third quarter. They're up ten heading in the fourth quarter. I mean, I, I didn't think we we saw this in the Rockets being able to do this on the road like they did. Look, the Warriors. Just for whatever reason, just looked looked like they were not coached well at the end of the game. I'm surprised because obviously that team seems to be very well coached. Um, no, but I, I agree because if the Rockets win the West, I think that LeBron has a better chance, or the Celtics have a better chance in, in the finals. If either one, you know, either one of those teams were to play the Warriors, it would be it would be done. It would be done. Um, and this, yes, it makes it more exciting to watch the East. But what's interesting is I think we kind of know how the East is going to play out. Boston wins tonight, the Cavs win game six, and then game seven really is anyone's game. I mean, you're going to bet against LeBron to lose a game seven. Um, I'm not sure that, that you'll be able to do that. So it, 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 it's just what people wanted, right? They were tired of blowouts and tired of, not, of, of kind of predicting what's going to happen in the NBA, but a little tougher to do that now. 
Um, all right. So the NFL owners are meeting right now. Um, and among other things, they're picking, you know, things that don't really matter in the grand scheme of things that but we will enjoy. For instance, it appears that Nashville is likely to get the NFL draft. Uh, that's something that people will enjoy. But the debate continues to be what they should do with the anthem. And I saw Albert Breer tweeted out yesterday that some owners are advocating that teams be able to decide whether they come out for the national anthem and that maybe there's 15-yard penalties assessed based on what... I mean, why can the NFL, and in all honesty, not just say, you stand for the national anthem, that's our rule, just like the NBA rule, and if you don't, you get fined, just like you get fined when you do things that are also violations of NFL rules? This is the one instance that I can recall in my time following the NFL, covering the NFL, playing the NFL, where the owners seem truly afraid of the players. Um, Normally, they just do whatever they want, and we just abide by that rule. They just decide to to make a personal conduct policy. We weren't really part of the discussion. Uh, They want to, you know, the the domestic violence policy. We were not part of the discussion. They just did it, and then we get fined or suspended or do whatever. You know, we we obey the rules that that they set forward. So I I wonder if there are owners who secretly – side with the players in their cause and this is why they, they want to let them do this um I, I don't know if they fear the backlash of making a universal policy where you have to stand um it seems to me that the best solution there's two of them one is you force the players to stand and whatever happens happens or you just don't come out for the anthem which is the way it used to be but then of course the military and people fans of the nfl will take that as a as a, as a slap in the face to the military, but you know, you talked about this at times too. I mean, you know, if you play an anthem at the movie theater, it would seem kind of odd. I don't understand. I guess like that's a different like, that's a different debate at this point. Like, the, right, no, no, I, I agree no, with no, you. No, like no, in general, I, agree. I no, I, I'm, I'm fine with the anthem being played at the game, but like I don't understand. I guess the attachment to the players being on the field for the anthem. Like if players were not on the field. And you still played the anthem. You still had the military personnel before the game. You still had the flyovers, but the players weren't I, out I there. I agree. I don't I know agree how with that would ruin the presence. Of, I don't understand how that would ruin the anthem for a fan in the in the stands. I agree with that. If that had been the rule that they had all this time, this is why you pay your commissioner tens of millions of dollars, not to solve problems that arise, but to avoid problems that could arise. And this, I, I come back to this again and again. The NBA has a rule that every player stand for the national anthem. There has been zero discussion about it in the NBA. The NBA has at least as many black players, if not more black players, than the NFL does. And there has been zero controversy because, to their credit, the NBA players have said, you know what, our league doesn't need the controversy of a player kneeling during the national anthem. Now, LeBron James, Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich... You name the player, there have been a lot of political comments made during the course of an NBA season. And nobody has really cared that much because it's outside of the context of the game. And nobody has criticized the NBA for having this policy in place that players stand for the national anthem. And so I don't understand 
why the NFL didn't and hasn't just said, look, we have a rule on the books. You stand for a national anthem. If you violate our rule, we fine you. And that's what happens. Like, I don't understand why the NFL owners can't sack up and just make a decision and put this behind them. Look, you get, you know this. I don't know. You get fined for all sorts of things, by the way, like for NFL stuff. Like if you don't wear the right socks, you get fined. If you don't wear the right, you know, like uh, if you put a, uh, if you write on your cleats and you don't have permission to write on your cleat, you know, like the idea that you have complete first amendment freedoms as a player, you get fined if you celebrate a touchdown the wrong way. No, I, I'm, I'm all, I'm all, um, I'm all, I get, I get all that. I totally get that. I, I'm just telling you, I don't know why the, the owners are, this is the only experience in my life where they're afraid of the players. They're afraid. I, I, I think they're afraid of being called racist because they're white guys and it's a majority black league. But, and I think they're afraid that the media is going to call them racist. And this is an example well, where they are. Well, and, I mean, yes, right. But I think if they actually implement this rule, that all of the NFL owners are going to get called and, racist. And I think this is the biggest fear of white guys in America today is to be called racist. Honestly, it's and, like it's like the worst thing that could happen to them. And what's interesting is there are people that in the, in the sports media who call you know who, who say the NFL owners are racist. Right? And I yes. asked them privately. I asked them. I said, "Well, why does the NBA not get the same pushback?" That the NFL gets for for players not being you know not being able to to kneel during the anthem, and then the NBA players are and coaches are way more um, socially active in yes in, in like and he's like I don't know what to tell you and I'm like well you, you can't have it both ways the NBA basically gets praise for allowing their their players to you know to to say and coaches obviously say whatever they want. And the NFL gets hammered because they let the guys kneel. I just I don't understand how you can have it both ways. I, I, so, I'm with you. I'm with you there. I, and I think the answer is, honestly, because the average fan doesn't begrudge a player having a political opinion. They begrudge a fan having a political opinion when they're there to do a game. To me, it's like the difference. I made this analogy. Uh, you mentioned movies earlier. If Robert Downey Jr. comes out while he's dressed as Iron Man and in the middle of Iron Man, he turns to you or right at the beginning of Iron Man, he turns to you and he says, global warming is a major problem or abortion is murder, (laughs) right? Like imagine if right before you watched Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. came out and he said, hey, I just want to let you guys know that abortion is murder or it could be the exact opposite side, right? He could be like, even though we have a lot of guns in this movie, gun control needs to happen and I hope you'll support me in getting gun control and taking action against, you know, like the the, the Second Amendments and the NRA, whatever, like, right? Whatever argument he wants to make from a political perspective, everybody out there be like, man, I just want to watch Iron Man, right? I don't give a damn what Iron Man thinks about modern politics. And but if Robert Downey Jr. finishes making the movie and then he is out talking to the media and he's on a red carpet, I don't think anybody begrudges Robert Downey Jr. having whatever political opinion he wants. So I think for most people, it's the difference between being in uniform at a game, making a political statement, and making it after the game. But you're right, to your point, nobody has ripped NBA NBA managers, uh, NBA owners, NBA coaches, NBA executives, anybody associated with the NBA for mandating that players stand for the national anthem. What, if Iron Man, if, if you were to watch Iron Man and, and all they did and all he did before the show was take a knee and the movie started, like let's say it just went on, just quietly took a knee, movie started. Um, I mean, I feel like that's a little bit different 
Well, I think it would be different, again, if they played the national anthem in movies, which they do on military bases, and while you knew the – like, Colin Kaepernick specifically said he was not going to stand for the national anthem because he didn't respect the the flag, right? See, part part of the problem, I think, in this whole whole situation – and I've said this before – is that Kaepernick was the wrong guy to lead the PR movement for what the players wanted. Because I think that there are players that, that, that kneel for different reasons than Kaepernick does. Maybe the same underlying reason, but they go about it in a different manner. And he was the wrong person. And people do agree with me who are Kaepernick, who I've talked to the media, who are Kaepernick, who love Kaepernick, that he was the wrong person to lead the PR I don't movement. think that, yeah, in, I understand that in, argument. I don't think there's a right person because I think if you want to make your political statements, you shouldn't do it during the national anthem. And I think that's what the vast majority of sports fans agree with because, again, the NBA has not been harmed by LeBron James being outspoken politically or Steve Kerr being outspoken politically or Greg Popovich. It's because they haven't done it in the context of the game itself. Right, but I I, – look, I agree with that. But, see, every time that that we bring up – that someone can bring up, well – you know, they don't do it as an affront to the military. You can say, well, Kaepernick said this, or Kaepernick wore the socks, or Kaepernick did this. And if he wasn't doing all that stuff, and he just took a knee and was able to present a message that was a, a better PR message and something that was more coherent, you couldn't say that. And that, that's the problem, I think, that, that, that we have really with the PR around this, is you can turn and say, well, Kaepernick wore the, the, uh, the pig socks. Well, Kaepernick said this about the military. Well, Kaepernick said this about that. And for 90% of the guys, that's not even in their thought process. And that, that's where this, the, the negative PR, I think, around what the, the well, kneeling is worse. Well, first of all, Kaepernick specifically said, I am not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. Yeah, right? So for people out there, there's a lot of right. people right now who are listening to us saying, well, it's not about the flag. This is a direct quote when he made the decision right. not my, to stand for the point. national anthem. You, wait, you, but you're making my point because a lot of players have said the exact opposite of that. And you can always go back whenever I try to, you know, whenever someone says, it, and, and you do this, other people do it, it's fair because Kaepernick said it, and he's the, he's the front of, of this movement, that you can always go back and say, well, Kaepernick said it, you know, that what you just said. But for 90% of the guys, that's not, what, that's not why they're dealing. And so... Or maybe 99% of the guys. It, it yeah, but my, my, my point, yeah, again on it, is just the NBA players are insanely politically active and coaches. And right. no, no one I, criticizes them for making the league no, for making them stand for the national anthem. No, I'm not disagreeing with your point. I'm just saying that, that I think we would have a different discussion if Kaepernick was not the lead on this issue to I think Kaepernick is I, I agree with you on that Kaepernick is a bad choice to represent the league yeah, I'm he, just saying the NBA sh- I mean the NFL should have come out the moment that this happened and said we're fining you just like we're going to fine you for a celebration if you violate the NFL rules there or for using the wrong words on the field as Colin Kaepernick has been fined himself apply your rule fine him and if he wants to continue to do it fine but you are saying the nfl is making a statement of we disagree with his action just like they would anything else they blew it in the way they responded so did i've always wondered did the nba already have a rule about standing for the anthem before yeah. anything happened so i just it, it says like it, the nfl has rules for everything and it should be interesting to find out i'm sure it'll come out one day like why this was not already um a rule. I guess they never expected anything to happen. But also, well, they had you know, the we rule, and they had the rule in place. I don't think they had a set punishment for it. And so I think okay. they thought 
if we ignore this, it'll just go away. And instead, it's turned into a multi-year dist- distraction. And remember, it was about to go away until Donald Trump made his comments. There were six players who took a knee in week two, I believe. Um, and it was, it was a done deal. I mean, I think that we had kind of... Now, Kaepernick, was, Ka- Kaepernick will always be discussed. But I think we were getting close to a point where it really was not an every day or every week topic. Kaepernick was out of the league. There were a couple guys kneeling. It was not, no one was interviewing them. It wasn't a, a daily thing that we talked about. And then Trump made his comments, and then 200 people kneeled, owners kneeled, and it just spiraled out of control. And look, they are clearly afraid of Donald Trump and his tweets. And what's interesting is the new Panthers owner is very outspoken um, as a, a kind of anti-Trump guy. And, and, and that's the exact opposite, I think, of Jerry Richardson, who was the former Panthers owner. And so I wonder, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic how there's kind of new money in the NFL now, and I wonder if that changes the way, if, if David Tepper comes in, guns blaze in those owners' meetings, it just has a different, and says, you know what, we don't, you know, screw, screw him, uh, who cares about his tweets? Because the NFL owners clearly care about what Donald Trump tweets. Yeah, I, I think, thanks for the, it's Jeff Schwartz, we'll talk to him next week. I think the biggest issue is just the NFL has bungled this in every possible respect. What they needed to do was just apply the rule, issue a fine like they do for any number of other things, and move on. Instead, they have bungled this on every level. I actually disagree that it would have gone away if Trump hadn't made his comments. I think he inflamed it further, but I think Colin Kaepernick was going to file his lawsuit regardless. Uh, Jeff Short to be co-hosting with uh, with Jason Martin, by the way, on Monday morning on the Memorial Day edition of Outkick, the coverage while I'll be drunk at the pool or on the beach somewhere. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Jason Whitlock at Whitlock Jason on Twitter joins us now. I've argued this morning starting the show that the Warriors collapse in the fourth quarter of game four was the best possible thing that could have happened to the NBA. You agree or disagree, Jason Whitlock? Yeah, they needed this series to be competitive. Uh, listen, I think it's great that uh, Houston won, but I'm not very impressed. Andre Iguodala didn't play last night. They didn't get to run their Hamptons 5 lineup. And Houston barely won the game. Uh, and, and, you know, I thought Chris Paul played great. I, I don't think anyone else on Houston did. And so... You know, the series tied 2-2, that's great, but this I still think the Warriors win this series in six games or, you know, possibly seven. Uh, so you're going to pick the Warriors in game five probably, uh, like I am. What do you think no, about no, game no. five? Oh, I, I didn't know you were picking uh, the Warriors, but yeah, I'll probably take Houston. <laughs> uh, Jason Whitlock fading my picks throughout the NBA playoffs. By the way, Tough night for me last night. I went 0-2 after a nice 2-0 run. I now am 12-12 and so far betting the NBA playoffs. Usually I'm better than that, but it hasn't been a good year, but 12-12. and uh, All right, and much to uh, Jason Whitlock's joy, uh, although he's only 12-12 and too, taking the exact opposite side from me every, every single time. Uh, embrace debate indeed. All right, we've got um, the uh, you taking the opposite side of me there. So what have you got happening in Game 5 tonight? Do you think the Celtics who are undefeated so far in the uh, in the NBA uh, playoffs at home, do you think they will continue to be undefeated, or do you think the Cavs and uh, LeBron James win their third in a row? Yeah, I think the Cavaliers and LeBron win their third in a row. I think this series is over. I think the Boston kids have had their fun. 
Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier. It's been a nice story. Uh, but listen, Boston's overachieved, and Brad Stevens has done a great job. But LeBron James is having the greatest playoff run since Allen Iverson's playoff run, I think, in 2001. Uh, this is incredible what LeBron's doing, and I just think these kids for Boston are now in over their heads. LeBron's damaged their confidence, and I think the, the Cavaliers get one on the road tonight. All right, that's going on. Uh, we also have the NBA, the NFL owners are meeting in Atlanta right now. And I saw Albert Breer tweeted this out, that they have no idea still, still what to do with the national anthem and the protests that surrounded it. The latest uh, possibility seems to be a 15-yard penalty for this thing. This has cu- turned into a two-year circus now, ever since Colin Kaepernick took a knee. If the owners called you in, Jason Whitlock, and they said – you are the judge who decides what should happen to make the NFL get back to just talking about football. What's the right solution in your mind? I would just keep the players in the locker room during the national anthem and just move on. Uh, they've, you know, mishandled this situation long enough. I, I, I don't think Albert Breer's done him any favorite. I'm not disparaging Albert Breer, but leaking out that they're talking about a 15-yard penalty is crazy i hope that's not a consideration i hope they don't go that route just take the players off the field do the national anthem with them in the locker room it used to be that way and i know that uh i I, smartly or strategically they moved the players on the field they wanted to have a moment it's it's the right thing to do but it only takes a few people uh to go off course uh, to to ruin it for everyone, and so look, it's I've said this repeatedly. It's a television show. That's what the NFL is. Nothing more. It's television product, and the a handful of players have gone off script of what the television show is and the way they want the game presented. They can't seem to get this toothpaste back into the bottle. And so I just say eliminate it, keep the players in the locker room during the national anthem, and, you know, they can figure out their platform isn't during that three-hour window uh, when they're playing football and they're doing a television show. Their platform is all the other hours in the day uh, when you can take your money and support whatever causes you want, when you do interviews with media outlets, you can raise any issue that you want. During that three hours, it's just supposed to be a football game, and you want to draw attention to the play on the field and a conversation about what's going on on the field. It, it's not that high of a standard. People have rules on their jobs. Uh, we've somehow come up with this notion that athletes don't. And it's their platform, and they get to do whatever they want. And and it's just not true. We're talking to Jason Whitlock. You can follow him on Twitter, at WhitlockJason. We also talked about this an hour or two with Jeff Schwartz, and I find it to be a fascinating example. We have had a ton of NBA players and coaches. Uh, Steve Kerr, still in the playoffs, been very outspoken politically. So has LeBron James, uh, among others. 
the NBA players all come out and stand for the national anthem, and there has been zero media criticism of the NBA for having that rule and of the players for standing for the anthem. Why do you think that no one talks about the fact that the NBA players all stand for the national anthem and it hasn't been a story? And to their credit, the NBA players have not allowed it to be a story. And everyone focuses on the idea that it would be unfair for the NFL to have the same rule, which it does, and to enforce that rule. Because we're having the most dishonest conversation in the history of America. And America has the American media has never been more dishonest than what it is collectively right now. It's all the propaganda that we used to think about the Soviet Union and how unfair their media is. That's what we we have something worse going on here. And so the, the honest to God truth is, is that America right now is caught up in a war against masculinity masculinity has been described as toxic. And so the head of that masculinity, the biggest symbol of American masculinity, to me, is football. It's the most pervasive. It's the number one show on five different uh, television networks. Football is baked into Americana, and it has been identified as toxic masculinity, and the American media has decided we're going to attack football at every opportunity. And so the, the rules that apply to the NBA and any other sport don't apply to football because it has been ruled as evil and something that must be destroyed and taken down several notches. And so the media looks for every opportunity to do it. And so, you know, in the NBA, you stand for the national anthem. They have a rule about it. No one complains about it. No one calls the players sellouts or no one says they should use their platform to do X, Y, and Z because basketball is not seen as toxic masculinity. Women play basketball. Women don't play football. Uh, People want football eliminated. It's, It's a very sad, tragic story that, you know, a hundred years from now, it'll be interesting how history judges this. It's a fascinating thesis um, that football is getting attacked because it represents kind of the height of masculinity in the world of sports. And if that is true, why are so many people that have been benefited tremendously by football being some of the lead assassins of the sport because there's a lot of you can say like there's a lot of liberal far left people out there who are offended by football culture and it's hyper masculinity and everything else I think that's certainly true a lot of guys who played that game also contributing to its attack in a way that frankly doesn't happen in the NBA I don't know very many players who are very critical of anything in the NBA a lot of former NFL players a lot of former college players enjoy hopping on that bandwagon why do you think that happens because it it ain't an attack that's just happening from the outside it's also happening from the inside uninformed misled uh i think in the malcolm x movie with that bamboozle led astray hoodwink (laughs) groupthink is so powerful right now in america and the american media is the leader of groupthink and social media, and the penalty for uh, moving away from groupthink. And and this is particularly acute with African Americans. Uh, 
if we dare not participate in groupthink, there's an attack on us in social media that is, you know, violent and pervasive and relentless. And so I'm every time I hear a black man attack football, I'm just like, oh, my God, do they not understand? There's never been an industry in American history that has produced more African-American millionaires than football. Basketball does not compare. The teams are so much smaller. The rap industry that we defend relentlessly does not compare to football. And so if you just stop there at the millionaires produced through football, if you just stop there, that would be enough. But, but when you just understand that football, guys like me, and I'm going back to what we talked about last week, senior year of high school, me and my dad, 400-square-foot, one-bedroom apartment in the ghetto, football got me out of that and onto a college campus and let me elevate myself in American society without ever playing a down in the NFL. And so... Football across America has provided millions of black boys like me an opportunity to go to a college campus at the Division One level, two level, three level, tiny school. It's provided so many opportunities for black boys like me, and we are caught up in the attack on football. It's the equivalent of we get upset, the police do something wrong, and our reaction is, let's burn down our neighborhood and our community. We're doing the exact same thing here. Oh, we think America's unfair. Let's burn down football, an industry that has helped us tremendously. It's crazy. It is a fascinating point that literally there's never been any business that has created more black black millionaires than the NFL. I mean, it, it, there's, there, I don't think there's any z- even zero question about that. Uh, and yet when you uh, hear criticism, it seems to be coming of the NFL most strongly from the black American community. Uh, and it is uh, a lot of it connected to Colin Kaepernick. Um, what's the, so you said your solution is just don't let them. And if you're wondering out there, why is this a topic right now? The NFL owners down in Atlanta are trying for the second straight year, the third straight year, whatever the heck it is, been an ongoing crisis to figure out how to put them behind, put this behind them and go on. Uh, what if they just started finding players? And this is my argument. They have the rule on the books, find players for this, just like you find them. If they violate, you know, like celebration penalties, you find them. If they say inappropriate words on the field. Now, this idea that players have unlimited first amendment rights is patently absurd. Everybody plays football within the rules. You can't wear the cleats that you would want to wear. You can't wear, you know, the undershirt that you would necessarily want to wear. You can't wear messages on your eye black, like you are restricted to a large extent because they have decided that for business purposes they are going to restrict you. If you allow the players to come out, I think if they find the players and then they just donated money to charity uh, to a uh, to a uh, support the uh, wounded warriors, for instance, or, or, I think most you know people what? would I be got fine with it. One. I'd be more clever. I'd support the United Negro College Fund with the money. That because then it gets even harder to yeah right yeah. I mean the better the charity the harder it is to blame the NFL for sending yeah. the charity money there yeah uh, that is a solution but I'm just t- the media is so rigged right now and so and and black people we're so convinced 
that the liberal media is on our side, and, and it's the most foolish thing in the world, that if they told us, no, this is racist, my God, how can Colin Kaepernick and these guys not be able to take a knee in a sport that is, you know, enriching them and providing opportunities? We would fall for it because we trust the American media more than anybody, and we're addicted to the talking points. And and if they point a direction and say, that person's racist or that industry's racist, it doesn't matter the fact. The facts do not matter. We've been told the NFL is racist, and we buy it despite all the facts to the contrary. It's 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 comical. It's sad. It's disappointing. I I, I get so upset. You made the point of why are so many uh, players participating in the attack on football. And it it blows my mind, and it disappoints me. Like the very people who have benefited from football. And listen, I'm not saying there's not consequences to football. I have an injured knee from college football. There are guys that you know have other health issues, CTE, whatever. But in order to move ahead in America or just in life, there are risks that you have to take. There are consequences you have to suffer. There are people, again, and I, I don't, I believe the CTE story is told completely out of context. But I'm not going to completely dismiss it, but it's told out of context. But if you like to understand the history of the world, the history of America, the history of anything, great sacrifice is the price for great advancement. How, how many people died during the Civil War? How many Americans. World War One, World War Two, sacrificed their lives uh, for the freedoms that we enjoy today. That's what men and women have been doing for thousands of years. Great sacrifice for great advancement. And so, if people can't understand that, hey, in order to make five million, or for in order for Jason Whitlock to get up out of the hood, if he has to play football until he's age twenty-two and has a torn ACL in his knee because of it, it's well worth it. I would do it a million times over. And and so and some of these guys that have made millions of dollars and, and, and look, there may be physical consequences for but their children, grandchildren, aunts, uncles, mama, daddy, cousins should have in some ways have benefited from their success. And if the sacrifice is that, uh, you know, I'm going to deal with some health issues later in life. People have been, do coal miners have been doing that since the beginning of what we discovered coal. <laughs> I mean, should we just end the coal industry? Because, look, being a coal miner is really high risk, and there's health uh, <laughs> damages because of it. So I, I don't know. I get very passionate about this issue because I just don't understand how we can be this fooled on the issue of football.
We're going to come back to your final segment of the show because I want to get a couple more of your opinions. we got a feud going on between your buddies at Deadspin and Barstool Sports. I want to get your take on that. Also, our old friend Sean King has uh, has interjected himself into a story. And uh, Wynton Marcellus, uh, interestingly, has weighed in on rap music. I want to hit you with all these different stories. We'll hit you with them in the final segment of the show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. So, Jason Whitlock, uh, there was a controversy, a guy by the name of uh, Pro Football Commenter, that's his uh, alias, does a popular show with Barstool uh, podcast called Pardon My Take. Uh, Deadspin made a big story of outing him, his real name, everything else. You and I have had an interesting history with Deadspin over the years. What's your take on the Deadspin versus Barstool uh, battle? I, I just think Deadspin is so jealous of Barstool's rise and influence and uh, popularity. And while Deadspin's influence and popularity are waning, uh, they just keep attacking Barstool. And, and listen, does Barstool do some inappropriate things? Absolutely. But, but the reason why I'm more tolerant of it is because Barstool has clearly stated, don't take us seriously. We're just over here trying to have as much fun as possible. We're going to be stupid, and, and, and that's who they are. And, again, they do some things that I think are over the line. But Deadspin, on the other hand, has, has a history of doing things that are well beyond the line, well beyond the line, mean-spirited stuff, and they want to be taken seriously. They want to be the New York Times for young people. Uh, they want to be the Wall Street Journal for young people or whatever. And, you know, they have a clear agenda. Uh, you know, they've, they've taken out ESPN and moved that organization very far left. They've tried to assassinate the characters of people like me that they disagree with and many others. They put out, you know, sex tapes and all They've just tried to destroy people. I, I just Barstool uh, again has done some really things that I was like I wouldn't do that I don't really appreciate that but in try I don't see them trying to destroy people they're trying to crack jokes and some of their jokes are mean spirited uh, but I just don't have a big problem with Barstool. Uh, this is a fascinating story I think uh, jazz musician uh, Wynton Marcellus obviously incredibly talented guy New Orleans native I believe. Uh, is getting a lot of attention because, and I'm going to try to read these without getting uh, myself fired or FCC uh, restrictions. Uh, He said, I started saying in 1985, I don't think we should have music talking about uh, blank and blank and blank, meaning meaning rap music. Uh, And you can think about what those lyrics would be that I'm saying blank for. It, uh, It had no impact. He said, I've said it, I've repeated it, I still repeat it. To me, the language in these rap songs is more damaging than a statue of Robert E. Lee. I feel there's much more of a racial issue than taking Robert E. Lee's statue down. He's talking about rap. There's more N-bombs in that than there is in a Robert E. Lee statue. That's Wynton Marcellus. Your thoughts, Jason Whitlock? Well, I'm a rap music fan, and this is what has perplexed people for years. I agree with his criticism that (laughs) rap music has gone so negative and so 
anti-black, but but we as blacks love it, celebrate it, and think it's great. It's like, oh, we get to have the minstrel show, and we get to profit from it, therefore it's a positive minstrel show. But that's what rap is. What I what what a lot of commercial rap. And yes, there is some rap music that is far more positive than the stuff that makes it to radio and what becomes popular. But popular rap music is pornography. That's all it is. Is lyrical pornography, and somehow we've elevated uh, these guys to cultural figures that are to be respected and to be leaders on important issues. Again, Jay-Z is Larry Flint. Larry Flint is not seen as some great leader of white people. Jay-Z somehow has been elevated to a place of importance uh, in the black community, and his thoughts on politics and race and all this stuff are very important. He's just a pornographer. And again, and again, I'm not saying, anybody that knows me knows I don't have a big issue with pornography. I just don't, I just don't, I just also consume it knowing that it's not healthy, it's not good. It's like, you know, eating cheeseburgers every day. That's not the right thing to do. And so, uh, you know, it needs to be consumed in moderation and it needs to be held in perspective. And we don't need to elevate people who curse and brag about selling drugs and brag about killing every N-word that remotely disrespects them. We don't need to elevate those people to leaders and respected figures and so what Wynton Marcellus is saying is like, some, a kid may walk by a Robert E. Lee statue and have no idea what it represents, who Robert E. Lee was, but that same kid can quote every lyric in a rap song repeatedly and will buy into the mentality being promoted in rap music. And the mentality is that if anybody remotely does anything to disrespect you and they're black, you take them out. You, you know, you you disrespect women. Every woman is a bitch or a hoe. It's I, I Wynton Marcellus is just speaking clear common sense, and he's being trashed because it, once again the media has convinced us as black people. Rap music and this pornographic rap music—it's the—it's your greatest contribution to American society. It's—it represents black culture. It is black culture, and again, it's just pornography. And Larry Flint and uh, Hugh Hefner—these white people don't say, "Hey, those are the pillars of white culture." Larry Flint and Hugh Hefner. Kendrick Lamar, Jay Z, whom these guys are now the pillars of our community, and you know the, the epitome of our integrity and what we think our, our worldview. It's a joke. We need you to write this book. That's Jason Whitlock at Whitlock Jason. He's always fantastic. I appreciate him getting up early in Los Angeles with us. Go find him on Twitter at Whitlock Jason. Oh, 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 right. 
Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.